Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome, everybody, to the season three premiere of The Psychologists Are In. Crazy, I know. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And for this episode, it's just me and Tim talking about episode one, Ghosts. This is the one where Sean must find a way to keep Gus solving crimes with him and play referee to Henry and his recently returned mama. All right, you guys, enjoy. Hi, Tim. I feel a little rusty. I haven't, uh, we haven't done this in a little bit. I know it's a little off. My my equipment was a uh, total shambles getting set up this morning. By the way, darling listeners, you might hear my voice. I got a little bit of the crud. A little I'm bit feeling, of the crud. Um, feeling a little bit like garbage, but this tip is where I will play hurt. So um, <laughs> just do not fear. I'm going to give it my, my top laster all to make this Possibly the best episode ever. By the way, I, I should—I was going to wear a tuxedo today for today's episode. It's a very special episode. It is. It is it's a very the, best, it's special the episode. Season three. It's a big celebration. It's our premiere. It was our premiere, and there was like a huge cliffhanger after season two. So it—it it, it was really major on uh, with with Sybil Shepherd coming back, Sean's mom, and also the role she plays with you. I—I I actually forgot like. That whole evaluation thing, I had forgot about it. It's so great. Did we get a shot of my special mug for the episode yet? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Wait, so this is in the episode, right? This actual mug is not in the episode, but oh, there, oh. it will, it'll come up. Got a little ginger ale. I should be drinking tea, but I'm not. This is Laster's uh, favorite um, oh pistol grip mug, which there's a lot of Laster to gun stuff in this episode, which we'll get to. There was. So Maggie... Happy season three of The Psychologists are in. Happy season three, Tim. I can't believe we're already on season three. And it is going thank so everybody fast. for showing up every week. I assume you're showing up or drop downloading, listening, whatever you're doing. Absolutely. We would not be here if you were not um, still listening. We love you all so much. And we're having so much fun going back and re-watching these episodes and reliving all these memories. And it's just crazy. This would have been 08, I believe. Yeah, sure. I, that makes I sense. think this would have been 2008, so this would be like <coughs> season three. And I still, oh, Tim, whenever I hear you cough. By the way, just so y'all know what an amazing, how lucky I am to have a Maggie lost in my life. I feel bad for all of you because you don't have Maggie in your life. Maybe <laughs> maybe have your own version of Maggie, but here's here's the, just an example of what kind of friend Maggie Lawson is. <laughs> so um, my wife Allison, she's got sick with the COVID. Um, Lily, my oldest, she's got the COVID. I probably have something. Mm-hmm. I keep testing negative, so don't worry. Don't start writing. There's no need for a GoFundMe yet. <laughs> oh my god! But um, I just I think it's just kind of it's just early stages of cold crap. So um, yesterday morning on my porch is a care package for my best friend Maggie with um bottles of zinc, vitamin C, vitamin E, D, and um Mucinex. lozenges. Yeah, because I had some of those things. I didn't have um I didn't have zinc, which is a super important one. So uh, I was texting with Maggie yesterday, just giving my health update, like you do. <laughs> I was like, and what she, are your symptoms? Says, what is happening? What day is it? Again. 
She says, remind me of your address. I'm not even out of bed yet because I'm just, like I said, I was laying low. By the time I get out of bed, there's already a care package of vitamins and uh, immunity boosters on my doorstep for all of us in my house. Of course they did that. I also was a little bit like, I feel very protective of you guys. And I just had this. So I, and I know what I, what I think, what I think helped me through it. And, um, obviously talking to you every day helped me through it, but, but the vitamins and things, I just wanted to make sure you guys had it all. And I know it's really hard because Allison's down and, and you all can't get stuff. And I just wanted to make sure you had everything you needed so you can get well. Well, thank you can be sweet well. heavens for Maggie Lawson. <laughs> well, I love you. And I love Allison and I love Lily. I love your whole family and Nora and everybody. And so we all love you. Yeah. Anyway, and y'all are going to get through it and it's going to be, it's going to be all right. It's just going to really suck for a few days. Um, anyway. Go but ahead. your daily advice has already helped us a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good. Like every- I'm very, I'm very, uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little aggressive with my, like, do you have this? Do Are you doing this? <laughs> what about this? What are your symptoms? <laughs> and it was, no, I don't have that. No, I'm not doing that. Should I be? Should I yeah. get that? Yeah. And I didn't yeah. have it until Maggie shows up. Hey, let's dig in the episode. Hey, let's get into the episode. Was that too uh, harsh of a segue? No, I loved it. Um, Also, wait, Tim, what do you call it? A premonition or a, yes. So I have to call out my, my Sybil Shepherd experience because. Oh, you're six uh, degrees up. Yeah. Yeah. My six degrees up there. I, when I was 16 or 17, uh, very new to this business. One of my very first jobs was this character on a show uh, on Sybil's show. So Sybil Shepard had a sitcom called Sybil where she was on a sitcom in the show. Um, Everyone on the show was so good. It was crazy. It was like Peter Krause, well, Sybil Shepard, Christine Maranci, Peter Krause, um, Alicia Witt, like everybody's fantastic. And uh, I got to play her sitcom daughter in an episode and I'm just, uh, I'm just a terror. I am awful. I am so full of myself and I have tattoos and I'm like 16 years old. And acting. It was so much fun. Have the psychos found this footage yet and posted it? Oh, they have. Oh, they have. Yes. Uh, I get sent. Well, you got to send it to me because I missed it. I get sent photos a lot. It's very funny. They call me because I think a lot of them are actually even now older than I was when I did that on Sybil. So they call me grandma, which is not nice. And I love it all at the same time. <laughs> um, but yes, they have all found the footage. And uh, I love that one. It was it was one of my most favorite jobs. Honestly, it stands out uh, in my head. So when she came, I was so excited to see her. And she totally remembered. And we got to reminisce about that time. And what a, what a wild thing. Like, you know, maybe nine, ten years later, a decade later, um, she is... Sean's mom. And anyway, so um, that was that very, is, very cool. Um, that's kind of crazy and kismic. It totally was. And I really love her. Um, okay. So, Tim, you want to go? You want to jump in? Uh, before I do, I just want to say, um, before we get into it. Yes. Um, darling listeners, you're in for such a treat this season because season three is really when, Max and I have talked about this in the past, I think our show was really hitting for starting to fire on all the cylinders. And season three is chock full of psychotic episodes. It, it really, really is. I'm so excited 
look, love season one, love season two. Obviously, you guys have heard us uh, gushing about all of it, but I feel as a show, I'm with you, Tim. This is like season three is when it when it kicks into gear on like all cylinders, like not just the silly, not just the action, not just the the relationships. It's all of that every episode. And we kind of like there's like a nice like we start to serialize it a bit as well. Like relationships start to develop and we follow them and it's just, uh, I'm very excited. It's very, so good. It's, it's so chef good. Kiss, <laughs> chef's kiss uh, motion. Yes, absolutely. It's so good. And I can't, I'm really excited to talk to, uh, take this trip down memory, memory lane in season three with you. Me too. I can't our, wait to. our darling listeners. Because we, and, and the memories are so vivid. I feel like starting these, these seasons, like the memories are still, they're closer. They're almost like closer than the others. So I'm excited too. I'm so excited. Um, I think this, was this the first year we did Comic-Con as well? Oh, no. Was that three you, or you four? Figure out dates. I don't Goodness. remember. We'll have to figure that out. Or, and upfronts in New York, like when all of our, like, we started to actually understand that we had a we had fans. <laughs> People were actually watching the show. Um, well, the comic anyway. that first time we did was such a wow experience. I think we've talked about this in the past. Yeah. Because we were working in Vancouver. Nobody, we didn't, nobody saw the show in, in Canada, really. No, sorry. We arrived at San Diego Comic Con and um, they put us in, I think it was Ballroom H, which is the biggest, the biggest one. It's like feeds, th- seats thousands of people. Yeah. We were all terrified that um, there'd be five people. There'd be five people. And then we, lo and behold, we walk on on the stage on the dios, and um, there's thousands of people, thousands of these beautiful psychos, and there was waiting. There was a line around Comic Con to get into the into our panel. And we were we deeply all, moved. We all kind of went, Holy crap! We might have something on the show. It was it was such a moment, and honestly, like I I I th- that is a true surprise, like a truly unexpected moment. I remember us being backstage. Because they showed a clip, and before we came out, or I think that's when we came out to the panel, we were trying to listen at first to see if anyone was laughing or if anybody was there. And then we like walk out, and it's dark. And when the lights came on, we we just lost our minds a little bit. We were all like, "This is crazy." I think even I remember looking over. I feel like James was even a little nervous. Who and you never see him nervous. Like it was just such a moment for all of us. It was great. There's a picture I recently sent you of just. You and I on the panel. I can't remember if that was the first one. I got to look at the date and see. Oh, um, I don't remember. I remember you sending me the picture, but I have pictures of us from the panel. We did photos like this, like I think even before selfies were a thing. But uh, and that would have been the last one. That was the last, I think, Comic-Con we did before the movie when we did the one for the movie. But um, yeah, somebody had a stroke and wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who who had a stroke and wasn't there. Oh, Maggie, I got to text you. Okay, are you, tell are you me sitting later. Down? Oh, you are sitting down. Just, I had a stroke. Oh, I'm okay though. I'm it okay. was you, Tim. I had no idea. I would never know. Oh yeah, it was like it was a uh, it was this whole big thing. It was in the it was in the papers and um, that's <laughs> that's why you were there. It was rather it was rather traumatic. I could just sit here and giggle with you for an hour and 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 talk about all those memories and uh and that would be that could easily be our episode. For as crappy as I was feeling today, going, yeah. I don't want to get out of bed. But I knew that seeing my resident ray of sunshine was going to perk me up and give me, you'd be the medicine that I needed. Damn. Ah, it's true. Damn. It's true. <laughs> I was looking forward to it too, because I've, we've been texting so much through, you know, through all the COVID and all the hoping, 
you're going to feel better very soon. You are. Um, but uh, it's so good to see your face. It's just so good to see your face always. Let's go. Episode one, season three, ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> are you going to give ghosts? Ghost. Yes. Spooky ghost. Spooky ghost. I wonder if ghosts is the new murder. Ghost. <laughs> Instead of murder. Instead of okay. murder. <laughs> Ghost. Ghost. Okay. Um, sorry, guys. We will get back on track. All right. Uh, <laughs> pineapple sighting. There is a pineapple. I missed this entirely. There's a pineapple on the island in Henry's kitchen, and there's a pineapple on Mr. Haversham's kitchen counter. <gasps> I got one later, too. Oh, really? Okay, but, uh, we'll get we'll get there. Oh my for gosh! Me, who never really finds the pineapple? I was very excited to come up with this one. I love it. I'll wait, wow! I'll wait till we get to that scene. Okay, cold open. It's 1995. This we have to talk about. We have to talk about James's hair. In 1995, <laughs> Henry and his partner locate a stolen vehicle in the woods. Flashlight in hand, Henry walks up to the car, only to find Sean making out with the punk girl in the front seat. Uh, with Sean in cuffs, they arrive at the station where Henry asks Beanpole. A young, <laughs> Devin, oh, Devin, a young mustachioed lassie. <laughs> to was very mustachioed, Sean. yes. You were very mustachioed. This is very funny. Oh, my God, you were adorable. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it is important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. Uh, there's also better help online therapy. I know one thing I do is I like to shut my phone off for a while during the day. It just helps me center and recharge when you can't reach for it and, and you can't be reached for just a little while. It it does something that it kind of just makes you focus a little bit more on yourself um, and get quiet for a minute. That's just something I love to do. Also love me a power nap, um, but I also love better help. So I, I've done this before because I, I wanted to be able to talk about it properly. They really have perfected the ease of being able to sign up for therapy and have a therapist there for you in very little time. Um, it's very easy and they tailor it to your comfort level. BetterHelp Online Therapy offers phone, video, and even live chat-only therapy sessions so that you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Uh, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash pineapple. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pineapple. This was really fun to get ready for that. And this was, uh, this is a psych first. Not just season three first, but psych first. It was the first time I ever saw Laster in, in his full uniform, in, oh, his, in his cop blues. That's so true. So that they is... gave me this this great um, mustache, which was foreshadowing to my mustache in Deadwood. Although that one had a little wax, it was wow. a little cooler. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember it was so long ago. I mean, Adina, our beautiful and wonderful hair person, mm -hmm. she had to darken my hair with like some brown mousse because I was already starting to go gray. So they had to make me look as young as they possibly could with that on. Um, 
by Baked by Herbert. Oh my god, almost chip black, just like mud brown. I love it. You looked fantastic. I thought you looked fantastic. But hold on, we have to talk about James's hair just for a second. So fabulous. It was so good. I have to say, I mean, I know Adina did his hair as well. Like that wig, first off, it's thick. It looks like his hair. And it's just, it's like the perfect color. It is ridiculous and wonderful. And I love that they did that. I thought it was such a good throwback or uh, such a good, uh, yeah, time, 1995. He would have been what? How old is Sean did he have, here? I can't remember. Did he have an earring in the 15? episode? I think he did. I think he had an earring. Because yeah. if, if he didn't, that would have been a horribly missed opportunity. Absolutely. I think he must have. Okay. Cut back to normal time. Gus is back at the office uh, on the phone with Sean while he stresses uh, about his mom being downstairs. This scene was so sweet. I was like... Uh, uh, so I got... Um, yeah. A couple of things I noticed. And yeah, with... Um, sorry, when Sean's in his bedroom. Yeah. I talking to Gus because he's so scared about his mom. Um, yeah. So he's got a Jaws plus drop, which I was like, that's so weird. I think Jaws came out in like 70-something or other. It was... So the timing was off. This um, episode was 95. But I can't do dates anymore, so I probably shouldn't even go down this. Oh, I think he so- was just a Jaws fan. Didn't Steve mention that before, that he purposely put a Jaws... I think he purposely put that Jaws poster in frame or in there. Foreshadowing to... Um, they had the tale the whole damn episode. They what? Oh, the head the tail the whole time episode. Right. Our, our, oh my God. our Josh episode. Did you notice what, what else was sitting on his chest of drawers? I, I I wrote down a couple of things. I've got, well, he brought up the Furby. No, yeah, what when else? He's looking at his, well, when he's looking at his drawer, he goes, dude, I just found an unopened box of Shrinky Dinks. It's Shrinky Dinks. Yeah. Good. It was very, very good. Very good. On his on his chest drawers, he had an LP single. So I guess maybe it's not an LP. He had a, a vinyl record of Tristan Fears, the single of Shout. Yeah. Yeah. So not yeah, foreshadowing because we already did that episode. Uh, but I thought this, we, that was a great time. Yes, but foreshadowing to having Kurt Smith on, I guess, because we hadn't had that yet. There you go. You just saved me. Yeah, I totally, I you totally still got it that. right, Tim. You still got it right. Don't don't discredit yourself. Okay, thank you, Matt. You're <laughs> such a good friend. <laughs> um, uh, I loved this scene because I thought the way James played it was. It, it he and and this happened in the last one too, or in the finale as well. When it came to like his mom and dad, because we all do this with our parents, where we revert to exactly who we were when we were like kids. He kind of like reverts to a child, and he's talking to him, and he's kind of pouting, and he's frustrated, and there's all these feelings coming up, and he doesn't know what to do with them. And I just thought like James always did such a good job of holding that. Uh, this the the kind of tone of psych but still allowing all those actual like real real feelings and things that we do come up like we totally buy it like he's kind of a child no that's um, just how damn good he is just walking that high wire act of playing the funny but still playing yeah, the real absolutely absolutely okay and punching it with some feels Enter Shibble Shepherd now uh, in the uh, in the kitchen. Sean and his parents awkwardly catch up. Sean thinks Henry is trying to sabotage him for some reason. Gus meets. Oh, this scene is also very sweet. Um, Gus meets with his boss. Who is his boss? Well, this is one boss, right? Then there's the bigger boss, right? But yeah, the first the boss, boss. Yes. Um, where he explains that Gus isn't allowed to have a second job, where Gus is then put in a position where he has to choose between uh, his passion project or real-life adult job. And let's talk about that boss for a second. Our pal Todd Stashwick. We love Todd Stashwick so much. 
This was also a little premonition to another show. I because I <laughs> I work with Todd in Justified. One of my favorite I, shows that I could never even get a, a not, a, not it's not that I couldn't get an audition. I could never get on that damn show. I tried. I love that show because Scared and Palomine. I just so badly wanted to be on that show. I loved it could too. Could not get on. I think I only got like one or two auditions. Well, you got Deadwood though, so you got you get like you got a, a version, but you but right. uh, I win. And and some Oliphant. But I uh, justified for me was like, first off, I got to do my Kentucky accent, which was so You were really good in that episode, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was one of my favorite things I ever did because I was like, I got to be a villain. And I feel like I never really get to do that. And uh, it's fun because uh, I kill Todd. I actually... um, I'm stealing organs. It doesn't matter. And then selling them. It's a horrible, um, horrible the, uh, thing. What season and number episode it was? Oh, yeah. The episode was called uh, Thick as Mud. And Todd and I, it was so fun because Todd and I, we he had just done, I think it, I did that right around this time. And it was so fun because we got to talk about all of our fun psych memories. You and then a, he's a corrupt prison guard or something? Yes. Yes. He was, I think. And then... This guy, Clay Crawford, is in it. And then Adam Arkin directs it. I remember that. And I loved Adam Arkin. I worked with Adam Arkin when he was acting in a pilot I did in 2001. And so it was just a really cool reunion. And then I got to work with Oliphant on uh, Santa Clarita Diet again. Oliphant would have been really fun to have on Psych as well. Ooh, maybe Psych the movie four. Um, considering you and I have both worked with him and love him too. Um, but Stashwick is just one of those like great, he's, he's such a good actor, but he's also the nicest person. And we had so much fun with him at Comic-Con always. He'd always find us. And anyway, we, we love you, Todd Stashwick. Okay. Cue the season three opening credits. Yay. Back at the station, Sean walks his mom around. Lassie simultaneously meets with Chief Vic about how he loads his weapon too often. Chief Vic mentions that he has to go to a mandatory meeting with a therapist. Okay, your response to her saying you have discharged your weapon during the last four, what were they? I don't know. like the last four cases or something like that. Last four cases. Your response is thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 sir. That's not a compliment. Uh, it's very this was cute. also this is one of the first. Um, it wasn't the first time Kirsten and I really worked together because we'd worked together and obviously a lot in the um, her her birth baby her baby episode. Yeah, but this was kind of the first um, more mature laughter and chief Vic scene we yeah. got to do. Yeah, no, I I liked it. I like seeing you guys together. I feel like we don't see you we don't see you together very much, like you said. Um, it's a very cute scene. Uh, okay, Gus's office. Sean is eating at the water cooler with some ladies. Sean's upset because Gus broke up with him via text. <laughs> Cut to Gus attempting to lift Sean out of the building, and Sean pulls his boneless nonsense. This oh, is such on. an iconic, psychotic it's a, scene. It's the very psych first, the first boneless. And the psychotic dragging, which I think is in every single, even with all the opening credits and how often they change and everything we do, that moment is in all of them it is so funny and uh there there it then kicks off the the boneless the boneless of it all um gus's boss's boss mr haversham asks him and sean to help him figure out if there are ghosts in his home played by 
the handsome and incredibly talented Chris McDonald. Yes, who came to play. Uh, he yeah, was he, was, very... he was really funny. It's fun. He was a he was a great get for us. Yeah, he really was. We were very excited to have him, and he had a ball. Like we and and jumped right in at the station. Lassie meets with Sean's mom and makes it impossible for her to start the session with all of his preliminary questions. Sorry, I've got I've got a psych first. Oh, tell, 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 tell. It is the first time in the history of the psychologists are in. There's actually a character who's an actual psychologist. <laughs> that's so true. Oh my gosh! Right? Is that so? That's that is true. We need to have Civil Shepherd on. God, if we could get Sybil, that'd be amazing. We gotta get Sybil on. We've gotta and get her Steve on. Steve was for talking one on the last the... episode about um how um he named the character Maddie, obviously for um moonlighting. I just remember like being really nervous to shoot these scenes with her because she's a big TV star. She's a huge TV star. Well, luckily we have more episodes with her. Let's get her on. Okay. Gus arrives at Mr. Haversham's uh home alone at night. He sees a white figure out of the corner of his eye. Turns out it's Sean in Mr. Haversham's pajamas. Was it a ghost? <laughs> Spooky ghost. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Yes. All right. Sean notices a ring in numerous photographs, but in one it's missing. Back mm, back at the police station, Juliet runs in wearing a You're wearing a Pepto drink blouse. A Pepto drink blouse, um, the Pepto pink blouse. And uh, that's the last we see of Jules in the entire episode, Devin wrote. It's true. Um, it's a very cute moment with Ooh. us, but it, it is, it's so funny. It's just this one scene. Um, same with uh, the chief. Okay, back to the police station, blah, blah, blah. While drinking hot chocolate at Mr. Haverson's home. Yes, Tim. I'm going to have a psych um, premonition. Mm-hmm. When I when I referred to the fact that I played, I did the therapy session in characters, Tom, Machine Gun, Tommy, you know. Yes, from Heart, Heart, Heartbreak. Heartbreak Ridge, a Clint Eastwood character, which is a Tom Gunny Highway. So it's the first time I referenced Clint Eastwood, who's obviously one of Carlton's um, inspirations for this in life, and is his character. Here's a little insider insight for all y'alls. Insider so insight. season one, I had a conversation with Steve Franks. Where I said, you know, I've been thinking about this. And um, I think Lasseter thinks he's kind of dirty Harry. And he's like, he definitely thinks he's dirty Harry. But it goes, however... You're not Trudy Harry Callahan. You're Hal Holbrook, meaning you're the uh, the by the book um, chief of police. And I was like, ah, that sounds boring to play. I mean, I was thinking, I don't want to play that. I want to play Dirty Harry. So, Steve, if you're listening, and I know you are, just um, put on some music to listen to this part. So I ignored you and just played Dirty Harry anyway. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Steve obviously loved it as well. All right. While drinking hot chocolate at Mr. Haversham's home, Sean and Gus notice a ghost. They decide to go oh, sorry, investigate a, a ghost. That's so much better. <laughs> Yours are so much better than mine. Uh, they decide to investigate Gus's choice, actually. Back at the therapy session, Lassie reveals he's going through a divorce and simultaneously ogles over his, yes. Pineapple sighting. There's a lamp in the corner of the office, which I think is Vic's office. There's a pineapple built into the into the base of the lamp. Stop it. I've, I was very How did you I, catch that? I was even with the cold coming on. I figured that one out. That's amazing. See? Okay, technically not the base, but the um, the stand of the land. Oh my God, I love it. Now I want to go back and find that. Um, he reveals he's going through divorce. He simultaneously ogles over his prized possession, his gun. There's this great line which says, you were talking about your gun yesterday. Can I see your gun? I'm so excited to show her my gun. And here's a little foreshadowing. So uh, the way Lassiter takes out his, his weapon and um, clears it, he makes it safe to give to somebody. So he takes out the mag, makes sure there's not a bullet in the chamber. Which is foreshadowing to um, last year did a bad, bad thing. In this episode, yeah. we got to make sure we say that it was directed by the, the glorious Steve Surgic. Who we who became love. A, a great friend of ours and a, one of our favorite directors. Steve kind of saw what I was doing with the gun. And um, in last year did a bad, bad thing, at the end of one of the big scenes where um, 
I get to jump on the bad guy. I pulled my, my sidearm out of the um, bowl of pistachios. Steve said, hey, um, at the end of the scene, give me something cool with the gun. And then we went to change lighting. So I said, okay. And um, this leads to the iconic no-look bullet bullet catch. Where, oh. I, where I, I, pop, I pop the bullet out of the out of the chamber. And, um, it's so cool. Catch it with my... It was, no, I've never looked cooler in my life. And I never will look cooler on film again. It is the coolest. So I think I asked... I'd see, I stole that from the pilot of Breaking Bad. There's a scene where um, Brian Cranston's brother-in-law is a tough guy cop. He keeps wanting him to show him his, his gun. And Brian doesn't want to hold the gun. So he he pops the, the bullet out. And I just remember thinking, that looks really cool. I want to learn how to do it one day. So I think in between during the lighting... Lightning said, if I asked our prop, our prop man, or a woman, I think it was a prop guy at the time. So how do you do that thing? So he taught me how to clear the chamber and pop that. It was, became one of my favorite my favorite gun tricks. And also, not to get too much too into the gun, this is, um, the gun I'm showing, um, Stuart Shepard, was my, um, I think my Glock 9mm. And then um, eventually, this is before uh, last year, moved on to his um, Colt 1911, which was, um, as Rob Pornier, who was our great armorer, Took me out shooting one day. Said, "I want to. I'm going to leave the show. I know. I know. I know. I look like I know how to shoot. I'd actually really like to learn how to shoot." And Rob, actually, I don't know if you know this, Maggie. Rob was one of the best shots in the Canadian Army. Yes, I knew that. Incredible. See how how dare I just mansplain you that um, I assume you didn't know. <laughs> no, but I knew this about him. Like he was a, he was as good. He as good as like he gets. won like NATO shooting competitions. Yeah. Gaps in the diet should not be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet, and 95% are not getting enough of their daily recommended intake of key omega-3s. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. That's so many things, you guys. But Ritual didn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results? Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. That's a lot. In normal, less sciencey terms, that means it's good and it works. We deserve to know what we are putting into our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something that we take every single day. Ritual just released Symbiotic Plus, a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic all in one minty capsule. That's right. Just one delayed release symbiotic plus capsule per day supports your gut with all the quality and traceability you expect from Ritual. You guys, how nice it is to take just one of these pills. Like I, I feel like on a supplement level, we can just get completely overwhelmed with this, 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 this. It's like they, everybody's telling you to take a different thing. I love that you can take one and then if you take the symbiotic, you take the other. It's the, They cover everything. They make it so easy, and it's proven. Right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash pineapple and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That is 10% off at ritual.com slash pineapple. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we went, we went to the gun range one time, and um, he his personal weapon was a, was a Kimber 1911-45, which if you're into guns, it was like it's like a Porsche of handguns. That day he said, I think last week he's listening to a little more stopping power. So that's when I moved from the Glock to the um, 1911, which, of course, mm. in um, Last Night Gus, that 1911 plays very prominently. Mm. My baby, as I call it. <laughs> and uh, that's another episode. I'm, ah. I dig- I'm digressing. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm just listening. So this one is still the, this is before you graduate. This is before I graduate up to okay. more powerful stuff. Power. <laughs> but it is where you learn to do the last you did a bad, bad thing. Very, very cool moment. Very cool move. Well, I think it was just because Sergic saw, I, I knew how to like, yeah, do things with the guns. So he was like, it was months and probably a couple of years later that we did last did a bad, bad thing. And he brought that back. So yeah. He just stored that in the back of his of his hard drive somewhere. Sean has to leave the haunted ghost house at night because he has dinner plans with his mother, but all of the lights in the home flicker repeatedly. Gus and Mr. Haversham, keepers even calls on the phone. Which, in just while Sean's getting ready to leave, yeah. he's holding his motorcycle helmet. <laughs> and we never, yes. again, like, but we, we never seen, see him on the motorcycle. We never see the motorcycle. <laughs> he's got like a single motorcycle key and he's holding his helmet. Yep, that's it. We're not going to see and that it was motorcycle never discussed again, I don't or think. Seen again. Yes. All right. Uh, they decide to split up and investigate. Um, actually, I do think we see it again. I think we see it in Daredevils, but... Oh, you're probably right. Let's see. Gus opens the attic door only to find Sean making all of the scary noises. Turns out Sean was haunting his boss's house the entire time. Pretend At- to be a ghost. ghost. Spooky ghost. Spooky ghost. I, <laughs> I loved this. Um, okay, hold on. I, we'll get to this in a second. The, uh, at the station, Leslie has a massive realization and feels liberated, only to realize after spilling all of his secrets, the therapist was Sean's mom. <laughs> um, I love this. I wrote down, oh, I love Lassie talking about his dreams and talking about like all this. I loved <laughs> it, was, it. I loved it. I loved it. It was such a, a gift of a scene to have written for me. Yeah, it was Lassie so good. getting to like regress into his childhood and, and yeah. go, uh, like inner thoughts and emotions. Yeah, I Which love we it. We all know Lester's not a man who's comfortable with emotions. No, it was really, really, really sweet. And you play it so well. You you actually look liberated. You look relaxed and liberated. And then you're like, you know, who's who's your son? And I was just trying not to be bad in front of Silver Shepherd. You did not. You were so great. The scenes between the two of you are so good. Gus and Sean arrive at Gus's office, only to have Gus almost fired because the Gus realized it was Sean haunting him the entire time. Sean tells Mr. Haversham that he knows that he uh, what he's illegally doing. He ends up getting Gus's job back plus a raise. I love that Sean did that for Gus. Like, I feel like he is always like pulling him into situations. Gus is reluctant. He convinces him. He drugs him in a scene in season one. Like, he just <laughs> does so much shit to him. And then... This moment that, like, he might lose his job and, and Sean, I don't know. It's so elaborate. And I I was like, this is so sweet. This was actually very sweet. We have a, um, a season three uh, first here. Coming what? Up. So after he gets fired, they go back in the hallway. We see mm-hmm. Todd Staswick again. Again. Whose character was Odenkirk, I think. But um, Gus Dulade refers to um, Todd Staswick's character 
So did you see that guy? And it was, we get the first, his hair's horrible from Sean. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. I also wanted to mention that he he visits Alice Bundy in, in prison, Sean. That's where he gets so many of his ideas. And Alice Bundy is from Scary Sherry because she's the the crazy, crazy, crazy one. And um, and I was like, Alice Bundy, why do I know that name? When he said, oh, I just visited Alice Bundy in prison to get some tips because she creates this whole like haunted house situation and yada, yada. So and I'm like, oh, my God, scary, Sherry. OK, so this moment, Sean and his mom have a talk at the station about what went wrong during their divorce. Sean realizes that his mom was the one who left Henry and not vice versa. Cut to Henry adjusting his top in a mirror and dolling himself up for his ex-wife. Ah, I cried. Literally sitting on my couch this morning watching this, I cried. I thought this moment, the moment that it hits Sean, the look in his eye, well, her, her speech as well, it's, it's very powerful, but that it hits Sean that Henry has protected her by not, and him, by not telling him that story. And when he sees his dad in this new kind of vulnerable, like, light. It just broke my heart and warmed my heart. And like, it just was like, I feel like the moment was so good. I, it really got, it really got me. Your heart got a workout today. It was broken and warm. <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> it was honestly, I, 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 I thought that moment was really special. And it's funny. Cause I, I kind of forgot about it. And, and again, uh, a, uh, like a, a, a moment for, um, for Corbin where no dialogue, just just playing a beat. We feel everything, the hope and the vulnerability and like, and then the confusion in Sean's eyes and like that, oh my God, his dad has been so, ah, ah, oh, so good. Okay. Um, that's the episode. Now we have some fan questions, Tom. Questions, questions. <laughs> this is funny. Since Juliet wasn't in this episode as much, what did you end up doing with Boo. your free time? I'm My guess is I was in L.A., my guess is that if I saw I worked one day on the schedule, I probably was in L.A. Because um, um, that's what I would do if I had a lot of days off in a row. Or I'd, I'd like, take a trip. Oh, wait. Or you and I'd go walk the seawall. We'd go walk the seawall, but you had a lot to do in this episode. So I didn't have my friend Tim as much. Um, but I'm, I guarantee if I was in Vancouver, that's what we did. We probably walked the seawall, went to see a movie, you know, had some drinks, uh, had some chats, maybe went shopping. I think I'm just going to stick to that. That's what we did. That's what happened. Um, cause that's, that, that's what we did <laughs> all the time. Okay. And the judges say, ding, uh, correct answer. That I love that. I love. Okay. If you were a ghost, who would be the first person? Sorry, a what? Oh, if you were a ghost, who would be the first person you'd haunt and what would you do? Oh, that's terrible. Who would be the first person I would haunt? I don't know. I don't want to haunt anybody. I don't want to scare anybody. Everything's too scary right now anyway. <laughs> Tim, what would you, uh, who, who would you haunt and what would you do? We're getting very esoteric, everybody. I know. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I could probably think of a few few people I'd, it would be funny to to haunt. Um, but. Could you go back in time and haunt somebody from, from history? Yes, let's say yes. Of course, because there's no space-time contingent. No. Continu not in Ghostland. Not in Ghostland. Um, so all that's rough. It's, it's, a, it's free reign. So who would you haunt in the past? 
Oh, I thought you had somebody like on your on your mind if they were. Oh uh, uh, no, I, no, he does. I think the whole point of being a ghost is that you don't have to haunt people who are dead because they're just like ghosts with you. So maybe the the wow, the... I, you just you 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 totally just um <laughs> up your game right there. So I would say uh, I would I would just hang out with my ghost friends all the time and come up with like some fun punk pranks we could do. Like, I, I feel mean, like haunt isn't scare or haunt isn't hang out and observe their life. Uh, oh, that might change things. Like we could spy on things. You can spy on things as a ghost. No, this specifically says haunt. I don't know what we would do. And clearly we're not getting very far because now we're both imagining ourselves being ghosts and all we want to do is hang out <laughs> with other ghosts. Really we just find each other. I'd be like, Tim, where's ghost Tim? Let's hang out. <laughs> okay. Do either of you have ghost okay, actually, stories? I actually have a real answer. What? I would haunt Bill Murray, just because I'd want to hang out with Bill Murray and see what his life is like. Love it. That is a great answer. I love that answer so much. So much. Um, I actually do have a guy. So either of you have ghost stories to share. I have one. I had a slumber party when I was about, oof, I don't know, I want to say I was, I was maybe 12, 13. And it was the night that John Candy passed away. Hmm. And my room... And my house, uh, when I was young, had those, remember those like sticky glow-in-the-dark stars you could put on your ceiling or walls or whatever? They were kind of like plastic. Yeah, okay. So I, you know me, I had, I had, of course, my entire ceiling was like filled with these like glow-in-the-dark stars. And I remember we were all talking about John Candy. And like, we were like, oh, John Candy died. And we were talking about movies and we were talking about, and. I, I, hang on, I, I gotta interject. I gotta give you props here. To be a 12 or 13 year old girl in Kentucky who's aware of <laughs> and admiring and talking about John Candy. Yes. Good for you. We were cool. We were cool. Um, and we were like, I forget how it came up, but we were like, what if he was like here? And I kid you not. <laughs> Kid you not. Hang on. Say it again, but exactly the same way. Like, what if he were like here? <laughs> <laughs> That's my 14-year-old. the bomb gardener right there. 12, 13, 14-year-olds up. No, literally, and I'm and I'm getting to the moment that we we that happened. And one of the glow-in-the-dark stars fell off the ceiling. I'll take it. Yeah, it was John. For one, for I, like for the rest of my life, I I will clearly I'm telling the story right now. Like I remember this moment. And we screamed and squealed so loud that my mom literally thought like something horrible happened and it's like all we did and i still have the star it is in that a keepsake box in kentucky yeah i saved it because i was like I'll, I'll never forget that night anyway it's not really a great ghost story and that like i felt haunted but it's just one of those like talking to the dead and we he because we had been talking about him and we were like john give us a sign that you're here <laughs> it sounds like john candy is haunting you maybe maybe and the star falls off the ceiling and i'm still telling the story i believe it was john sending a message he was feeling us and we were feeling him oh 100 by that yeah do you have a ghost story, Tim? I don't. Okay, great. Well, there. And John if I Candy. Did, it, sure, it sure wouldn't be being haunted by John <laughs> Candy. Okay. Uh, what was your favorite part of this episode, Tim? My least favorite part was Maggie not being in it enough and me not having enough scenes uh, with Maggie. Um, thank you, Tim. Favorite part of the episode was getting to do the scenes with Sybil and um, explore Lassiter's, um emotional side. 
getting to play Laster going through his dream because he's still resistant to seeing a psychologist are in prior to that. Oh. And then See, I just went full circle. Just you really again. did. You brought it back. We had the therapist, the psychologist are in. I love it. The psychologist yeah, so he, he's still resistant. And then by the time he's yeah. two sessions in, yeah. he's hook, line, and sinker, all the way, total full believer. And he's grateful for it. He's grateful for the experience. That's my favorite part of the episode too, Tim. It's the beginning of the softening <laughs> of Lester. It is. This is what I mean. This is season three. We move in. We start to move into these like relationships and these like emotional sides to all of us. Oh, Maggie, what was it like seeing Sybil again? I actually talked about that. Just like, what a dream. I, I loved it. I love that she remembered. We shared stories. It was just... It was the best. Any production changes between season two and three? The budget seems bigger, somebody wrote. My guess is is maybe, maybe, maybe we got a little more for some episodes. I don't actually know the answer to that, but I do think our episodes get bigger in season three and a little more complicated. And I think the guest stars also get bigger, which means more money. So yeah, maybe by now we were, we were rolling. Yeah, rolling a little bit. Who in the cast is the supernatural skeptic and who is the believer? Ooh. Well, Maggie's the believer. I'm deaf a believer. Uh, I think Dulé is the skeptic, I would say, just because Dulé, as he always, always likes to say, he's a God-fearing man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I say Dulé probably is the skeptic. I'd say Rodé could be convinced, and I also think you could be convinced a teeny bit. The magic of believing. Totally. <laughs> okay, that's it. I think those are all of our questions. Yes. Ah, Tim, we did Maggie, it. Welcome to season three, everybody. Welcome to season three. Uh, we psych- did it. And the psychologists are in. Yeah. Please continue to join us for more um, tomfoolery and lo- psych love festing. Yes. And uh, we will have, well, what's next? So Bueller is next, which we'll see. Uh, One of my favorite, favorite episodes ever. Uh, I mean, talk about psychotic. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that one. Um, But this was so fun. And Tim, I feel better. You absolutely, no one would know, except for a little scratch in your voice. You're, you're, you're sharp as a tack. Thanks to um, you bringing me over vitamin C and, and zinc, which I'm going to go inside and load up on right now. Yeah, overdose on that C. Although, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take a nap first. Yeah, take a nap. Take a nap. You did your work. Your work is done. Good job. Thank you so much. I know it was like not ideal. Um, and we love you and I love you. And um, we'll we'll go go rest now. I go rest now. Okay, psychos, Thanks, we will see, see you next see episode. See you down the road, what Maggie said. Yeah, we love bye, you. Maggie, love you. Okay, bye. Goodbye. What an amazing episode, even though I was barely in it. <laughs> but next week's episode totally makes up for it. Anyway, thank you again for listening to season three, episode one of The Psychologists Are In. Still cannot believe we are in season three. Follow us on our Instagram at Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. And Tim, please feel better. See you all next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.